Welcome to episode 95 of the Switch Mania Playcast. And look, it's another episode that, unfortunately, JP is not with us. Ironically, as I know for a fact, he actually played this game, even though the last episode he said, if I'm not on, I didn't play the game. Like, no, he, yep. he played it because he complained to me on a, on a call that we had to do real quick this week. And he also debated with me on which game we were going to play, and he won. Uh-huh. This was his game that he picked. He so. figured he would stick it to you by not showing up. <laughs> not showing up after you. You see, this is, this is, a, this is what we're dealing with. Now, he, he unfortunately had some real life stuff, which is perfectly cool. And uh, hopefully that's I all going I think he was well. just taking his kids to swim class or something, but it happened which is real two life days stuff. Well, you make it sound like something bad. It's like, no, no, nothing bad. Nothing bad. Family obligations. He has to take his family to go swim. Like, that's cool. Family. Right? Yeah, he may sound like, oh, he has family things. Well, I don't want to yell his personal life. I don't want to exactly Don't say. be dramatic. Don't have the flair for the dramatic fairy. <laughs> are you kidding me if people started sending him messages and saying hey are, are, is everything okay or he probably exactly. would like, he probably love you like okay cool people get attention i'll take it like, Maybe, no, like, what are you talking about very crazy i'm like yeah he is <laughs> very like very is <laughs> talk about making a mountain out of a molehill <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. uh, making, mountains. making mountains barry's just going swimming no barry and jp's just going swimming um, but anyways, uh, I think right now, as of today, like we had tracking updates on the Deluxe Editions and they should be arriving at Qualpack. Like they should arrive yesterday, honestly. But um, our, the funny thing was, is that our tracking that we were given or whatever just doesn't update. So then we were like, I have to continually like email and ask it should have arrived and once things do arrive at the, the facility then they just have to be um, we have to have our retros inserted for pigeon dev and then the deluxes should go out along with those that pre-ordered a super blood hockey in conjunction um i see people getting a little restless on emails and, su- and such so it's coming it is in fact coming which is good uh it's interestingly enough we've had quite a bit of emails asking where is a robot named fighting demon steer <laughs> it's like can you give us time we still have to manufacture uh so please be patient oh and those those that are listeners we can give you the inside behind the curtain scoop uh nintendo of america and nintendo japan have still not been talking and they um i've been doing corrections for the label that they just need to print um still i went back again this week and had to make a correction to remove some items from a file like some little things some tiny little things it's like all they got to do is is print the label we sent um so um they need we still need to give nintendo money um that being said though like once we actually get the labels in production either the cartridges uh it was i think 10 days or something by the time we got them in the mail um, into the packaging facility and that's like another week or so so once we get them like everything's already approved by nintendo um and we will at least have the premiums soon like it'll be like a month or so like at like realistically about a month or so um the retros at least the robot named fight one might take a little bit because of the steelbook uh the demons tier plus one everything's already good to go and approved so that one um we just have to wait on cd production for Demon Steer Plus. And we are going to be modifying the CD to be a jewel case for that one. This would be really cool. Because that way it gives a little bit of heft to it. Because the only reason why we did the CD sleeves um, for the other ones was to fit in the boxes, right, Barry? Correct. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking about all the things that are changing with this one versus what we've learned. And the mm-hmm. insert, the insert is the big thing from the retros because we didn't initially do that retro for super blood hockey. And now it's like, all right, well using, using the pigeon dev for robot name fight. It's easy because it's the same, but now we got to create a second insert and uh, we got to make sure the cards get there plus the CDs and who knows, maybe depending on the size of the cards, that insert may work with (laughs) super blood hockey uh, with the retro upgrade. Who knows? I mean, you never know. And (laughs) it'll be super interesting going forward when we, uh, you know, continue down the line because series three will be a a new opportunity. And I mean, those that have been following us and stay one know that we're going to continually try to raise the bar, make the Mm -hmm. quality better, um, as well as make sure we can do things affordably to keep things, you know, at an affordable price. 
Well, that's just it's always a learning experience too. So a lot of the stuff we learned with series one, we've applied to series two to make things more streamlined and better. And we're still learning because they're still new and we're applying those to series three and beyond and we're we're changing things up. But the important thing is to make sure that the bar is raised and ensure that everybody that gets their product, they're happy with it, that they feel that they have premium products for lack of better words. And uh, I think so far people have been satisfied. I can't wait for people to get the deluxes in because, you know, not just seeing the pictures, but actually holding it, it is a thing of beauty. Uh, and I think people will really enjoy that. And of course, uh, same with, with Robo Name Fight, although that one will be a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. going to take a while. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, is that I'm sitting there trying to make it look good when it comes to robot name fight. And um, I still have to send my initial draft over to Matt and we're, we got to do our second part still of the developer's journal, which we haven't done yet. So there's still a bit of a uh, bit of fun to be done with it. I wouldn't say it's work because I enjoy doing it a um, bit of fun. Now the work part though is switch collector volume two, which mm-hmm. the editor gave me back his um, his edits. And so now I got to put in a lot of different uh, modifications to every single spread. So um, they're very thorough. The, well, he is very thorough, the editor, um, for the, uh, the book. So I got a, a lot of editing to do. And I'm trying to juggle that while finishing up Robot Named Bite um, at the same time, which is challenging. You have a lot on your plate. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. insane. I hope people appreciate all that, that you're mm-hmm. doing because, man, Switch Collector Volume 3 is going to be something that, uh, <laughs> I don't know when that's going to come out. Well, and, and that's just it is that, I mean, I'm in a, in a crunch to finish Volume 2 simply because we've already went to Kickstarter and I want to get it out to you know those that supported and backed it on Kickstarter as soon as possible. I want to try to meet the September deadline, which is looking like it's going to be harder to do. Um, but I'm going to try. And, um, you know, then volume three, I until we get past the point we're currently at, I'm not going. Like, once we're in editing, then I'll take it to, to Kickstarter. So it's already done. Because we were still writing it when we took it to Kickstarter last time, which was fine with volume one when premium edition games didn't exist. Mm-hmm. But now that that exists, we got to, um, you know, tread lightly. Try carefully and make sure everything is good to go. Uh, I know people are. I wonder how many people have never even heard of the Switch Collector and have started seeing it and are just so excited about that reprint of Volume 1 as well as Volume 2. Yeah, and it's going to come soon um, because as soon as I print Volume 2, Volume one's getting reprinted with it at the same time. So they'll both be hitting the, the warehouse uh, for shipping at the exact same time. And so when we put the extra copies of volume two that are in hand volume one will be up in hand so i mean i don't i may do like a, a quick pre-order for it like once we're in printing i may do a pre-order for it as well so that way people can start you know getting their their pre-orders in out of curiosity i don't know this or not but is there a minimum print like you know the games is minimum prints is there a minimum print for the books so Nintendo's the one that artificially sets the minimum for games. Yes, of course. So so for books, it all depends on how you print. So if we print under 500 copies, it costs a crap ton per copy. If we print, if I, if the way that I print, if it goes into sheet fed printing, 500 or more, the cost comes down drastically, and then I can, you know, charge 40 bucks for the book or 50 bucks for the book instead of 120 dollars for the book. Uh-huh. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. We don't want yeah. that at all. No, and that's where you'll see like those that are um, trying to do small print runs. It's just not advantageous. Um, but there's enough interest out there um, that, and we go to conventions that people will will absolutely be able to sell copies. So I'm not worried about it. And we're in a good position when it comes to the Switch Collector series and Hagen Town. Oh, Switch Collector Volume One will sell, and two will will sell like crazy at conventions. That's for sure. Oh, it already has, because I do have a few copies that I bring to conventions. And when I bring them, they sell out before the convention opens. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're saying other vendors wound up coming around and buying them before the uh, general public gets a chance. Other vendors, other guests like YouTubers or content creators or, yeah, 
every time. And then I have people that have like a backlog. They're like, hey, I need one. And it's like, well, you just missed it. And like <laughs> dozens of people. So. Well, the good thing is, you know, we, there's going to be that reprint. And I do think a pre-order might be pretty cool, like during the printing. Hey, just so you have an idea. And... Yeah, we might do a, a push for that. Like once it's actually in print. Until it's in print, I'm not going to because I don't want people to have to wait too long. That's are you... Are you also going to do like the slipcover or is it just going to be the book? Just the book. Just yeah, slipcover was a um, a first print uh, Kickstarter exclusive. See, and that's that's kind of the – when I first bought the book, first Switch Collector Volume 1, I did the Kickstarter. And I didn't get the slipcover. I just got the book. I'm like, oh, why don't I need a slipcover? And then I saw the slipcover. And I was like, I need one of the slipcovers. <laughs> so I had to buy one of the slipcovers because you had a few extra. And, yeah. man, that that is nice. Uh, so it's Well, and – Part two and part three are going to flow together, the slipcovers. And part one can fit in the middle because it's going to be Joy-Cons. And the the picture of Awada will go in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I'm making it work like that. And I'm doing the same thing with the wooden uh, covers as well. The wooden covers are going to be go together, part one and part two. Or part two and part three with part one fitting in the middle. Yeah, wood, wooden is something I didn't go for. It was just too expensive. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, so, that, that's that's nice. I mean, I, you had a wooden one at one of the cons, didn't you? Did you bring a wooden? Oh, yeah. I, I do have a few uh, wooden covers hanging around. So. See, you told me they were all sold out. See? <laughs> no, I said that the slip covers are sold out, which is true. The wooden covers I have extra as a... Um, the only thing is, though, is that these wooden covers from one are lighter than I would have liked. So I'm actually having a new creator do two and three. Well, so yeah, you heard it here first. So if you're interested, make sure to go hit us up and you can still get one of those wooden covers because they are really nice. They're just pricey. Keep that in mind. Jeff hand inks them all, which is insane. Like the guy. No, I did not. No, I did not. Oh, you didn't this one? No, because um, the the creator of the slipcases sanded them all so there's no notches for me that oh yeah well, that was the a, other one that was like a, virtual boy that was a thing and that was my intent and then when the the wooden box creator that was out in arizona sent them to me i'm like hey what is this i can't even ink these and so like they're they look cool they're a little darker than the previous one so they actually look really cool but i would have liked to hand ink them yeah, so I didn't have to do any hand inking for volume one. They, just, save you some time. <laughs> yeah, it, but it wasn't as cool. I would have liked to. Now, the new creator is going, it's going to be like almost ink. Like, it's going to look like it when he does the burning. So it's going to look badass. Well, that's going to be really cool to see. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Speaking of books, though, um, I, don't, I don't know if you want to really go to it, but uh, for starters, I uh, did you get a chance to read the limited rare truth book? I didn't even know about it till you and JP were talking about it. So, like, I bought one on Amazon for, like, 20 bucks or whatever. Oh, you did get um, one? It, it hasn't come in yet. But, yeah, I just bought the Amazon version. When, uh, when they uh, decided to lower the price as a discount after they raised it to $250. Uh, Which is funny. <laughs> this whole thing is, is crazy. And I'm not going to – I don't want to spoil it because – uh, not everybody, you haven't read it, not everyone's read it, but I did get a chance to read it. Uh, it's about 120 something pages. It's, it's a quick read. Mm-hmm. It is, if I kind of describe this, it's batshit crazy. That is the way I can describe it. And you can tell now, now, now this is a poorly written book. I will say that like the tense, yeah. I guess a writer, the tense switches are kind of like aggravating your, yours are saying past and present tense every other word so it's like wait oh, what's happening it's like oh this this is happening now i scoffed and i'm like wait what wait hold on wait um but yeah it's it goes back and forth but it is an interesting story and it is a story it is a novel um well and i heard that it's basically poking at limited run games a lot calling yeah. them limited fun and so, and I heard that they weren't too happy about it. So it's probably not them who are limited rare. Just think. No, no, they they are definitely poking fun at limited run games, hands down. Um, yeah. But it, it just goes off the deep end in a lot of ways. Like it, you can tell that this is the delusional vision that they are having in their head 
but they're also having fun. Whoever is behind Limited Rare, whether it is the same people that did Poop Slinger as well as Tamashi, or they're different people, I don't know. Um, but but it is an interesting read. Do not pay $250 for this. Do not. It, only buy it if you're just really, really curious. Um, I mean, I, that's why I bought it. I was like, all right, this is this is the whole situation is kind of insane with limited rare yeah. and i bought into it you know we got we both got the t-shirts uh and i wore it proudly like i bought, uh, the, I bought the pink shirt and gave it to my wife <laughs> yeah i got the black and i wore it right you know we did an Nintendo fuse podcast and i wore it right on camera and everyone started laughing like oh you really did get the shirt i'm like i told you i got the shirt uh and that that annoyed me because i, I stayed up late because they're like oh yeah it's 12 o'clock and then i'm like oh no no now it's 12 pacific i'm like yeah i'm going to bed <laughs> like i don't care at this point i'm going to bed i'm not staying up till three o'clock in the morning but they're having fun uh i don't know what avenue they're going in next i don't know what next direction they're going to do but it was kind of interesting to see that this whole industry if you will or sub industry uh in the gaming field of smaller print and i don't even say limited smaller print titles has this kind of batshit crazy drama going on when we could all just work together and and be friendly you know we uh, we support every other developer out there and you know we're friendly with everybody and everyone should be like that i don't know what all this unnecessary thing is but i'm interested to hear your thoughts when you get to read the book that's for sure (laughs) yeah it'd be weird i mean my thing is is that it's pretty funny but on the other side like i mean we uh would attend like different events if uh we were allowed to as well so i mean there's certain companies that do weird exclusive things where they try to you know push other companies out and i mean we've seen it too but fortunately like premium edition at least is a hobby uh for all of us we're doing it for the passion and love of it so it doesn't matter if we're quote unquote included in the cool kids club or not like don't care so whoever is doing limited rare could have dealt with the same thing as us and they're like all right we got them like we got them right now we'll 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 drag them through the mud like maybe maybe that's what they were maybe they're a little salty don't know um definitely not us like we don't like definitely not something that i would ever had the time to do <laughs> that's for sure like but um i mean i just want to focus on getting out uh cool stuff putting out cool things yeah uh i, I agree with that like this first off i mean it takes time to write any book but you know i think if you were to write something like this you would probably write it a little better uh <laughs> a little better written <laughs> uh and and yeah it I, I just really want to, and if you've if you've read this already and you want to discuss it, send me you know, on Twitter, send me a DM or something, or in Discord, send me a private message. Uh, I'll gladly discuss this. I don't want to like spoil anything because I don't I didn't want to be spoiled myself, and I don't want to spoil it for other people. Like I said, all I know is that, or, or I could tell you without spoiling it is it is batshit crazy. And if you're expecting this book to give you the real truth, like oh here's who's behind limited rare games, you're going to be sorely mistaken, <laughs> like, like disappointed. Like no, that's that's not what you're getting. You're getting a <laughs> fantasy novel dramatization of the acid dreams or acid trip dreams or fever dreams of what one or two people depending on who's behind this uh believe or want to believe happened (laughs) that's that's about the best way i could put it well and then they're also like changing different things to make sure people aren't named and yeah oh yeah actually on the front like the first page where the title is like on the very, very bottom in really tiny, tiny print. Like it is so tiny. You might need a magnified glass. It actually says like, this is actually a work of fiction, all names and stuff and coincidental or is all coincidental. Everything's been changed and everything. So it does say that. So they, they can't be sued by saying, Oh, you said this was the truth and it's not, you lied to us. No, it's right there in the fine print. So it is right there in the title. <laughs> uh, so they are covering their asses with it, but it's really, really small. That's funny. Yeah, it is actually uh, crazy. That's <laughs> what a world we live in, right? Hey, I mean, some people have a lot of time. I don't. <laughs> God, I wish. Uh, speaking of, of time, uh, we had time to play a video game. Should we go into the game of the episode? Yeah, let's do JP, it. Let's do it. 
you know, got you to pick uh, the game we picked is a game called Wave Break. This came out June 11th, so last uh, two months ago now, 2021, mm-hmm. is from Funktronic Labs. They developed and published it. This is a arcade action sport racing game where you are on a jet ski and you are doing these smaller levels a la Tony Hawk's Pro Skater once, really. Yeah, I would say there's no action. This is literally <laughs> Tony Hawk with a animal, anthropomorphic animal driving a boat. <laughs> Amy well, Jetski, it's a, it's a little there, boat. There is some action as well. But, you get to shoot, but like, yeah. Well, well why, why don't you go into your experience first, and then I'll go into mine. Yeah, so um, to me, played it, once you start up the game, um, you get into tutorial mode where it teaches you the controls, and I had trouble doing one of the tricks that I wanted you to mm-hmm. do um absolutely had trouble and you're playing as like a little i think it was like a bear or something that looked like it was out of miami vice but then you could change the characters like to different characters in the main menu if you backed out um and then got to the first level which is in the same stage ish and just like tony hawk on the switch you got to collect all the little letters to and to get extra points and you got to get unlock a certain amount of points to get to the next stage Never unlocked that amount of points and stopped playing because I there was something about it that just did not click with me. Didn't feel like Tony Hawk. Um, I think it had to do with like the weight of the the um, boat. Just felt like very floaty, and then you could just like immediately go into on the land, do other things. I mean, it's not that it was bad. I think it was really fun. I'm not sure how much this game goes for on the eShop, um, but uh, pretty. Yeah, it was pretty cool, but like for me, just didn't click with me. I don't know if I just have a little bit because I played a, a little a, a lot of Tony Hawk when when it was released last month, um, for the Switch. I think it was last month that it was released. Um, I played I played a lot of it, and so maybe I'm just got a little bit of burnout when it comes to it. But it just didn't connect with me. It seemed like everything was just slightly off to what I expected when I was playing. Yeah, I I went into it. I didn't know really know what to expect, just that it was like a jet ski. And then when I realized, oh, this is Tony Hawk, I'm like, okay, this, this is kind of cool. And it's very ambitious. You can tell that this is done by, by a team that is very much ambitious with mm-hmm. trying to recreate Tony Hawk with jet ski as opposed to a... Uh, into a skateboard. Do you think it's jet skis? Because I think it's just a boat. Oh, it is a boat. Yeah, it's it's actually a boat. It is it is a little motorboat. You're right. Yeah, I was like, uh, it's like a little little tiny little boat that just does flips and spins, and it has almost the same physics as the skateboard, which seems off to me. <laughs> yeah, it. So I went to that starter level, and I went around, and I was trying to you know rack up the points and find the cash and all that stuff, and. I was staying on the outside for it because it was a there was a combo line and I, I could for whatever reason I could not get the combo line and it was starting mm-hmm. to irk me. So I'm spending like ten minutes trying to get this damn combo line. I'm like, this shouldn't be this hard in the first level. Do I suck that badly? Um, and then I wound up backing out and I went to some of the other menus. So I'm like, what else is here? And there's a gym. There's those shops where you can buy cosmetic things for your boat or your or for your character. But there's a gym that you could spend money to upgrade your character. I was like, oh, okay, mm. this has some depth. So I upgraded my grind, upgraded my speed and jump and all this. Yeah, a lot. I, I did see that. Yeah, I did the same. But there's no descriptions for what some of those things do. And like jump, no. speed, grind, you know what it is. But there's some of those things. I'm like, what does this do? <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. Um, so I tried it again and I got closer to the combo. I'm like, okay, but still this is the first level. Like, I feel like the first level, I, I think of, you know, the first level of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And like, you mm-hmm. can do everything in that level. Like, no problem. And it is such a great, you know, introductory level. And I almost feel like this is trying to do that, but it falls flat. And then I decided to get inside, which you can actually hop out of the boat and run around. And sometimes I found it easier to run around, you know, without the boat. I'm like, oh, I have actually some controls. You could double jump and everything. Uh, so I went inside the warehouse that that is there, and it just got more complicated inside. I'm like, holy crap, this. There's a lot of ramps and a lot of things on you know in here. So I tried exploring, mm. and there's an NPC that will give you quests. And apparently, there's three bonus uh, objectives 
from that NPC. I did the first one. But uh, when I when I looked at the list, I saw two more. So I'm like, all right, there's two more from him. And that's um, all within that time limit. All within you have a three minute time limit. Uh, so you have, you have to keep. Well, the idea is to keep playing. Like each one you set off to do your objective. But when when you're doing like with Tony Hawk, it's the same thing. If you're like trying to collect the letters of skate and you get you know everything but the E and you see the E and the time runs out right before it, like ah, oh, but you know where they are. So you the next time you gun for those letters. Uh, the same thing here with break. Um, but, but with Tony Hawk, you could find those letters and get to them relatively easy or, or, or access them easily because it controls really well in this. It's frustrating as hell. Uh, then going through the menus, I don't know if, did you try the Weezer level? (laughs) I did not try the Weezer level. So there is a Weezer level where there's like a concert with Weezer as bears and they're playing Weezer music and there's like a giant W that you can grind down in the middle of the water. And I was going around, you had to collect Weezer albums and all this stuff. It was really cool. Like it was a nice little bonus thing. Uh, and then I fell behind a platform and I got stuck. I literally fell behind a platform that I could not get out of. Uh, I can go left and right along the wall, like clipping kind of deal, but I could not get out of. And I'm like, yeah, this game needs more work. Like, I should not be able to fall into this. And it wasn't like I fell through the ground. Like, literally, the object wasn't all the way against the wall, and there was a little mm-hmm. bit of water, and you can actually fall into that, and you, you can't get out. <laughs> and I'm like, that that seems like an oversight. Like, this level should have... That, that piece of platform just should have been extended to the wall to prevent things. And I fell in the, the first level. I fell behind things that I didn't think I should be able to fall behind, and I were, was able to get out. But I'm like... This uh, this just feels unpolished. Uh, uh. You, you could shoot a gun, and the reason I think there's a gun is there's a deathmatch, which was where the action comes into play. And the deathmatch, apparently, I, I was looking like, can I do this with bots? But it appears to only be online. At least I can only find it online. So I decided, let me go play online with people. And after 15 minutes of it trying to find a single solitary second person to connect me with and it did not i gave up so i wasn't able to play that oh yeah like unless we set up a you know get a bunch of playcast listeners codes or something like we're not gonna especially a niche indie game like you're not gonna have an online community at the random time you're playing yeah it's still though it's like one of those things where it kind of sucks it looks like it's 29.99 by the way the game okay and I think a lot of that comes from like the music license, like to get Weezer and the Weezer level and all that stuff. And and there is li- licensed music, just like Tony Hawk. So uh, naturally, that costs money to do and to have. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I mean, well, from a value perspective, I feel like you know it's there. If we're talking like a physical, um, the graphics look pretty cool with all the different neons and stuff. But like from a like gameplay and control perspective there's just like a little bit of polish that's needed yeah that's where i was talking about the ambition because there, there's five levels you know mm-hmm. plus the weezer level so you can say six um there's definitely the ambition there but it just needs some more polish and i have no idea what the other four levels are like i never got enough uh of the check marks and enough of the objectives to move on from the first level and uh i'd love to see them go back to the game refine the controls and and definitely uh, fix some of those level design flaws, um, but yeah, uh, that that to me that is I feel like they spend more time getting the licensed music than polishing the game, in my opinion. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, and with a 3D polygonal experience like this game is, though, I guarantee you they put in lots and lots of time and hours. So yeah, it just they need a little bit more QAQC or beta testing, perhaps maybe to re- retool and refine. And now here's the thing: if the developers are, you know, still working on, you know, patches and updating stuff, I mean, we still might be interested if they're going to add, you know, basically the polishes stuff because we've had um, developers reach out to us and we're like, hey, we gave them honest feedback and said if you fix this, 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 and this, like we'd be willing to, you know, talk about, you know, potential physical. So to me, that's one of the pieces, but. We do want the listeners to chime in. Um, watch some if you haven't played it and don't want to spend thirty dollars. Um, watch some, you know, gameplay on YouTube. Um, look up on the Nintendo eShop. Check out the screenshots and everything. Let Reviews. us know what you think. Try to convince us. Like, if you really think it's that good of a game, if you're a huge fan of Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two and just want to see more, um, hit us up. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely value your opinion. And you know what? Sometimes there's games that other people enjoy that we may say we don't. And there's games that we enjoy and other people may say we hate. Uh, exactly. That's the point of taste. So I'm really curious to hear if anybody has actually played the game, what their thoughts on the control level design, all that stuff are. And if not, you know, definitely view few reviews and gameplay videos and and uh chime in let us know what your thoughts are and i hope they're continuing to work on the game like there's a lot of good there and i feel like it could be you know a higher tier with just a little more polish exactly and i mean eventually barry premium is going to have some you know coders with our team and then we'll be able to like you know create our own experiences or maybe take games and work with developers and things. And that'll be an interesting perspective because no companies do that, like actually help make games better. So that would be an interesting perspective. This is a game that, that absolutely would be a candidate. I think for that, I think this is a lot of good under the hood. Exactly. So, so uh, what are we doing for, for next week? We doing uh, a, a uh, switch mania play cast grab bag. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we, we discussed what we're going to do next week. And, you know, I pitched out, hey, we can do Pokemon Unite because that was a losing one and Jeff didn't want to play it. So I said, okay, well, let's, yeah. do, let's do something that we haven't done since January of 2020, which was oh, everybody pick a game that we've been playing, that we're our own personal thing. We're just going to talk about it, you know, something that, that hasn't been covered yet and kind of just, in a sense, like sell the other two of us, if JP is, is able to join us on the game and uh, we could discuss that. So nice. it'll be something different. No, no specific game. And, and in terms of that, we want to hear from you. What games are you playing and what, you know, what game would you champion out there and say, yeah, this is the one that I think other people should play. So I think Barry, you should do a um, in the Discord, do a poll in the Switchman Playcast channel, and just to ask people, so that way we ha- we can read those on the air too. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely. Uh, so, so if you're listening, put put them there. You know, just say, hey, here's what here's what I'm playing this week. Here's you know a game that I really enjoy, and tell us reasons why. So like, oh, I'm playing this, and I really love it for this. Or, hey, I'm playing this game, and honestly, I don't really like it. And and tell us why, and we can read those on the ne- you know, next episode. Exactly, that's perfect. And it's whether I'm going to finish one of the couple games that I am playing now, or if I move toward um, something else in my backlog, because there's my backlog shelf that I'm looking at. Some <laughs> games have stayed there for a long time. Oh yes, the ever-growing backlog shelf. Oh, I—I I mean, from a collector perspective, like my room is gone again. And so now, <laughs> like I had to take my daughter's shelf, and I actually at at um when I was at the convention, I found her a 3D printed little Switch uh, display case. So that way, it took her favorite games and actually has them all in the display case piece. And then face forward is combination of her favorite game of all time which is pokemon shield combined with like my backlog but then so then i have a whole nother shelf but that whole other shelf already would be full but you know on my rental display wall i do have like only the games i've played on there so my backlog like anything i haven't played is over in the closet with the rest like and another shelving but the other shelving is already full so like it's six different cubicles that's already full wow so yeah backlog is is real folks so i gotta (laughs) figure out how to get creative and i you know i have one room that i have my office in and so it's not necessarily something that i can build shelves like you did barry and all all over the entire house like don't have that opportunity the whole world is barry shelf now Um, (laughs) yeah don't have that opportunity um and yeah, I'm working on other things with got to build some kind of, you know, way to display our premium releases and things, too. That's the eternal issue and problem is the, the space. You know, it's it's one of those things where it just keeps growing Every, as you accumulate more and more. Uh, it all takes up more space and it becomes the biggest resource and the most valuable resource any collector will have. doesn't matter what, you, you know, the, the holiest of holy grails of, of a game collection 
you know, some people might say it's stadium events or, you know, something else, Nintendo World Championship card or something like that. No, I think the, the holy grail of any video game collection is having a space to expand your collection. <laughs> well, and my thing is, is that I don't I'm not a full set collector and I collect cool stuff. And there are a lot of cool games on the Switch, but I also collect cool stuff. So I have that Switch kiosk that takes up a full corner of my room. And I have a Nintendo Retin Arcade that takes up a big space in my garage. And like, so there's just like some of the cooler stuff that I enjoy take up a tremendous amount of real estate. Um, I'm thinking like behind my, my, uh, where I sit, I have all the homebrew NES homebrew aftermarket games. And I'm thinking that's going to migrate and become more switch access and, and more pretty soon, probably. And that's how I'm going to work on expanding. But I haven't decided yet. And I because I want I kind of want my rental display to be all face forward, like a classic rental display, which limits yeah. how many games can be on it. But then the other shelving behind me uh, can be the games I've played. Now that's just, that's where. That's where people yeah. will champion going digital. Like, oh, I have all my games and it takes up no space and blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. screw that. I like, <laughs> I like, I like that being creative with how I display yep. things and making it fun and personal. Exactly. And that's it's the beauty cool. of collecting. Is, it's not just the collection itself being tailored to your what you like, but it's how you choose to display it, you know, how you want to display it. And if you only have a small amount of room, how you can be creative to make the most uh, out of that space. You know, some people have, you know, by basements, I've seen people like, oh, come look at my game room. And they have like an entire wall. And it's like, oh, here's the full PS2 set and the full Wii set and the full, you know, Xbox set and uh, like, like all this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, how big is that wall? Like, that is huge. How big is your room? I wish I had a room like that. Um, and, and other people will be like, well, I have a corner of this room and check out what I did. And it's really cool what some people are able to do with creativity. And that to me, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing how you can solve a problem, which is how do I display my collection and make it look nice in the space a lot. Yeah, that's the key. Well, that's creative and making it look cool. That's one of the reasons why, you know, we start we did like the rolling shelves. It's like, hey, if we did rolling shelves, we could expand the amount of space without, you know, amount of storage space without taking up a whole hell of a lot more room and do something creative. Uh, So that was that was something I I was really cool to to add and and design and and put together. And some people have, have. you know, say, oh, I like that idea. Other people say, no, I'd rather not do that. I'd rather do like floor shelves or, or low shelves or get a table and put shelves underneath it. Uh, however you want to do it, it's so cool to see how yeah. people will, will come up with things. Well, I mean, and there's like, even in my, you know, in the closet in the game room, I have at the top, I have all the classic uh, console boxes all yeah. the way from the beginning all the way to now. And I'm like, I could actually modify that get a little more creative and then have all my bigger limited switch stuff up there, limited edition switch stuff up there and make it all switch. Like kind of morphing things a little bit, little by little. Haven't decided how I want to do it yet. And, you know, not having time is the other key. Well, you're also in a spot that you might not be staying. You're, exactly. You know, and that, that, changes a lot of what you can and can't do and there, there are plenty of people in those situations where they're they're in a temporary situation uh where they can't display their stuff and you know i have friends with huge collections and they're in the storage units and i you know before i had my shelves built i had my games in boxes just you know banker boxes and stuff and i hated it because it's like i I, according to the catalog, I have this game, but I couldn't put my finger on it right now. You know, I couldn't see what I had. And if I wanted to play one of those games, I couldn't access it very easily. Um, I, I, I personally, like, it bothered me. It was like, I, I want to get this stuff out. Uh, and I'm thankful. I'm also an out of sight, out of mind person, too. Where <laughs> if it's out of sight, I don't mind if I don't have it. So, like, yes. I have all my Genesis stuff. It's all uh, packed away. And it's like, well, maybe I can you know part with it so that's where i haven't been able to pull the trigger but like eventually i may be selling like full sets 
four full collections that I have. It's not full set, but full collections that I have, which I have a lot of top tier games. I might just do like bulk, like bulk sales with my all my Genesis games, all my NES games. But you know what that requires, Barry? Time and energy. Time and what am I doing? Infinite things right now. So like I may never get to it, and then maybe I'll actually thank be thankful that i didn't do it later if i end up having space so <laughs> yeah i'm i'm with you with the out of sight out of mind um the time yeah. periods that i was talking about were when i was more actively buying games like i'm not like when the prices were cheaper and it was like oh i'm going to you know gamestop and i'm able to pick up you know Wii and 360 and ps3 games for like 2.99 buy two get one free kind of deal um yeah. that kind of stuff you know that, that you don't get anymore uh or garage sales, or he's like, oh, a dollar a game, kind of, which you, you can still find occasionally, but I haven't, I haven't looked in a long time. I've, I've yeah. bothered too much already, as is. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of stuff, and I don't have the time to list stuff to sell. Yeah, I mean, that's my main thing, is I don't have time for it, so and I'm not going to deal with eBay or any of that, so it's, and I mean, I wouldn't have time to ship it all up, either. So, that's the other thing. So, either way, though, um, it's always fun. It's always great being creative with the collection. And what else is there? Anything crazy going on in the news outside of sales? Like, there's always new games up, but outside of that, is there anything crazy in the news? Uh, the only thing I want to say crazy, but uh, Nintendo came out today with uh, their sales report, and the Switch has now sold over 89 million units, outselling the 360 and the PS3 at this point. So the wow. next, the next game, the next system. Uh, on the list would be the Wii at just over a hundred million, uh, with the PS1 right there with the Wii. They're they're like really close together, so we'll see how soon if the Switch overtakes those two systems. And then from there, it's just the PS4, the DS, and the the Game Boy and the Wii, or or uh, not the Wii though, the PS2. They're uh they're the top tier. So we'll see where Switch uh Switch lands. So but what yeah. number is it currently in? They're like seven. All time. I think seven or eight or something like that. Wow, that's impressive. That's awesome. Yeah, it, wow. it is insane that the, in the uh, top ten that the Nintendo has been selling that well. And and you know, the I think the pandemic helped. I think Animal Crossing was a was a big help. But uh it's one sure, of but like there's other consoles that were out at the same time, so it's always interesting to see. Like Yeah. It's it's certainly interesting to see. I'm trying to see. Oh, there is there is one other thing too. While I look up that list, um, besides games, we could talk about briefly. Oh yeah, uh, like I, JP posted that to our group where B-side games is no longer going to be um, in business um, pretty soon, right? Yeah, uh, the end of August. So at this point, if you uh, if you are interested in any of their games, I know number two is sold out. Number two is Japanese only. And number Golf Story was one they did, and they did another one. I forget what it was now. Um, that was also released by like Limited Run. So there is already a U.S. English release, but those have English. And then they did Kamiko. They did like the Brave Champion and then the Quad Fighters, which are quad in fighter. English. Yeah, quad, I, I believe Quad Fighters in English. Um, I know the other two are. So uh, those fighter was an interesting one because it's actually two games in one when I when I popped it in and played it and it's like retro style NES game and then the other one's like more modernized and one of them was in the Switch Collector Volume Two at one point and then I deleted it because they released that and I'm like oh this is that game but then the other part was it was like it was almost like a collection but so, like even the the titles on the spine like you, you didn't know what the name was and. I had to figure out exactly what it was when I got it in months after I pre-ordered it. So, yeah. yeah. So if those are things that are, you're interested in, they have them all for sale. They're like on sale right now. Um, and definitely buy them before they're gone. Otherwise secondhand, but unfortunately I don't know the reason they are going out, uh, a business, which is sad. And, uh, as for the number you asked one, two, three, four, five, seven, uh, switch is at number yeah, seven. now. My bar uh, napkin math is good. Yeah, yeah 80, 89.04 million. Wii is number six with 101. PS1, number 
105 with 102. Number four is PS4, 116. Number three is the Game Boy and Game Boy Color line at 118. Uh, DS is number two with 154, and PS2 number one with 155. So I don't know if the Switch is going to hit the DS or the PS2 numbers, but if it continues as well, um, we might see it break Game Boy. Yeah, I mean, they um, if they have another killer hardware revision, like that, I don't think that OLED's going to be... Uh, getting them over the 150 million. No, if if that was a pro, if that was yeah. 4K, if that had 4K output, that would have done it for them. I really mm-hmm. think it would have. But well, yeah, people, everybody would have double dipped. Like yep. that needed to. Like right now, there's hardly anybody's going to be double or triple in some cases dipping because the OLED is not, um, it, it's not exotic enough. It's not, you know. A, a something that we absolutely have to have in order to um, to own it, and this is coming from like, even me. Like it's not something that I have to have right now, so I'm gonna wait. Um, and so then, there, if I'm saying that, and you know, it's like okay, then the, the casual gamer is not gonna be jumping into it either. Yeah, it's uh, <sighs> it feels like a missed opportunity. I don't know why Nintendo didn't do it. I mean, I'm not saying Switch Two, mm. but just if they did that, they could have prolonged. The I think switch. it has to do with the, the chip shortages and all that stuff. And they didn't want to put all their eggs in that basket when they couldn't mass produce it enough. Yeah, I, but I mean, 4K output, like the new Tegra chip, I, yeah. I can't see it being that hard to do. I mean, I'm just saying that I think it had to be a parts thing where they didn't want to. Didn't want to gamble with it in this time, and they'll—I mean, if they're going to do it, they'll do it later. I mean, oh, I mean, Nintendo is classic cool. with their—I mean, I don't think it's going to be a Switch Two, Barry. Like, I mean, you can say Switch Two, but you know, my prediction is—is that's like the iPhone. We're going to see continual upgrades for as long as it's marketable. That's what Nintendo does. I mean, it's what they did with the DS, the 3DS, all these XLs, XLIs. 3DSs, 2DSs, 2DS XL, like they're they're gonna market the hell out of the Switch until it's no longer financially viable. Um, hell, they may not ever add HD or not HD, but 4K or that, that any would kind of terrible. Program. It would be hilarious. It'd be the most Nintendo thing they'd ever do. You're right. It would. It would totally be the <laughs> Nintendo thing to do. Hey, you like, know that thing that seems like a no-brainer? We're not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we need folders, on <laughs> my switch, damn it! Well, I was just thinking okay. about it, man. There's a couple of games I haven't seen in a while on my uh, on my switch. I have to like search. How, how about the ability to see your playtime on every game you've ever played instead of like the top ten or fifteen that they show you? Like mm-hmm. that can't. Be, it, your data is saved in the switch. If you bop in Breath of the Wild and you haven't played it since 2017, it'll still bring up your total playtime since you started. That data is right there. Let us see that data. That is that is not mm-hmm. hard to do. <laughs> Come on. Make a channel for it. Make yeah. an app for it. Like, yeah, make, make an app. Playtime app. Whatever. Like People like to see that kind of stuff, and they want to see the history. They're like, oh, I, I've got a Switch at launch. Let me go back and revisit the history of the games I've played. Like, if you have data a- analytics, because even on the parent app where I can see all my playtimes and everything, uh, and it doesn't really do it down like I would want to, like for how much time, but it would be like per session or something. But it still cuts it off after a year. So if I go back a year um, from now, I can it starts to fall off. So I can't look at like April right now of, yeah. of like 2020. That's so stupid. Like give people put you can archive it. Fine. Put it in the archive section, but allow people to, to view that data. It's not going to take up space. Like I mean, on. they still haven't done achievements slash trophies. Like, well, that's one of the things I was going to say, like on PlayStation, like if you boot up a PlayStation five right now and you have your same account and you go to trophies, you'll, you know, that very top will be your most recent trophies. So you have your PS five trophies, but as you scroll down, you'll go back to PS four trophies, PS P uh, Vita trophies, PS three trophies. You'll go back all the way and see every game you've ever played mm-hmm. starting from the PS three onwards. PS3, Vita, 4, and 5. That's cool. That's like, hey, let me go back and sign up, like, reliving your gaming history over the last, you know, decade and a half. It's weird. I mean, that's the thing, though. So it would be the most Nintendo thing for them to just continue on and 
and do a bigger screen, nicer screen. I mean, that's kind of what they do with their handhelds. That's why when people are really surprised by the OLED, I'm like, uh, not too surprised. It just feels weird because every iteration has been something for the handhelds and nothing for the home console. Outside mm-hmm. of, oh, a LAN connector. Oh, fuck. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> LAN is nothing. Uh, you know, And they, they never really did that for their home consoles. I mean, they've had revisions, you know, the top loader NES and the, the SNES 2 and the Wii Mini. And the a lot of their revisions actually took things away. The Wii Mini took away GameCube support and online functionality. The the yeah, Wii they got made remodeled. It a, budget, a budget system yeah. essentially. The, the Wii got remodeled to take away GameCube. The GameCube got remodeled to take away a composite outer. Uh, you know, like, they're they're negative <laughs> remodels usually. Most when- of those to me are like an end of life cycle budget ones that melt a little extra cash out of those that haven't pulled the trigger on the system yet. Yeah. Um, that's usually what the consoles hit, whereas we're hitting the switch which they're not doing necessarily console revisions but like you were saying the handheld which is what they do with their handhelds so it's kind of funny that they're just going along with their old model just applying it to this and people want to see a little hardware upgrade because unlike most of the other console like generations where like the switch was in between two so now we're seeing we went from ps4 to 5 and xbox one to xbox series so like it's people are expecting nintendo to be like all right so you need to up your game but they don't want a new nintendo system they want it upgraded oh siri went nuts um (laughs) but um but yeah they like so so they want people want things and in this generation when people have their expectations they get disappointed and that i mean we've seen it time and time again I mean, you see the Star Wars movie with all the backlash, and now you're seeing He-Man with all the backlash, and I mean, you see it with video games where it's like people want their Switch stuff. They think they make all of their hopes and dreams out there in social media about what they want, and then when they don't get it, they're mad. And it's like, why are you mad about the thing that Nintendo never said that they were going to (laughs) do? Because people, (laughs) people have expectations that the yeah. video game industry revolves around them and what they mm-hmm. want. And there are plenty of things that totally make sense. Uh, 4K output on the Switch OLED, that makes sense. Back in the day, Michael Pachter would always say, like, oh, a Wii HD, make a Wii HD, you need a Wii HD. And you know what? That would totally make sense. They just never did it. Um, mm-hmm. Except if you want to count the Wii U, but that was a new system. Uh, they... Nintendo will always often just do whatever they want to do. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they do stuff that we don't even realize we want until they come up with it, which is fantastic. But it's the simple, simple stuff that I feel they don't, they don't see. And it's not just their consoles, it's their games too. For example, the biggest game last year for Nintendo hands down was animal crossing. It sold crazy. 30, over 30 million. That is a great, great sales figure, especially when you're factoring in it's a, an exclusive system, an exclusive game. There was really early on, there was a, a mock direct someone did with like quality of life improvements. And they were simple stuff. Seeing what you have in your inventory, crafting multiple things at a, you know, one time, you know, being able to toss things if you want, uh, you know, just simple, decorate more, do more. Like, there's all these quality of life things. Hey, you want to open the gate? You could open the gate from the phone instead of going all the way to the airport. The problem is, is Nintendo has yet to do a single one of those quality of life things, and now they're still doing updates to the game, and they're all just like, oh, here's last year's event again with two new items. Uh, Want to keep playing? No. People are stopping playing because you're not adding enough incentive. And these are simple quality of life things that should be there no-brainer. And that's the way it is with a lot of games and a lot of Nintendo stuff. Hey, this would be a really cool thing. Uh, there was the whole thing yeah. when we did Luigi's Mansion 3 for the Playcast. We talked about not being able to have custom controls. And the same thing happened with Mario 3D All-Stars, except they patched that in and fixed the uh, the sunshine controls. But it took people complaining about it. And even then, it was like, oh, do we really have to do? I guess we should. Uh, these are simple things. Yeah. Custom a lot of those simple things, though, do take a whole team to be able to re-implement. And if we know anything about Nintendo, they all move on to the next project. 
So they yeah. have to like stop what we're working on, the brand new game. So stop your Metroid Prime 4s and your Breath of the Wild 2s so we can go back and fix something, holistically program it back in. And so like that's kind of why, because like adding uh, some items to Animal Crossing, that's simple. Having to re you know, balance everything by adding some custom things. That takes a lot of co- lot of effort. So, like, yeah, I, but I when you have thirty to... plus billion, it's worth keeping those people happy. <laughs> it's a lot of sure. people. I mean, That's... not you're not wrong, but again, Nintendo is not about uh, you know doing that. They go by the beat of their own drum. If I learned anything by reading the Iwata book, it's that their main goal is to create new experiences. Yep. So that's why we're not going to, I mean, we may never see a 4K Switch, and they may just create a brand new experience that you didn't know you needed, and the Switch might be left behind, which would be sad, but you never I, know. That's I would the most be very thing shocked. They could do. I would be very shocked if the next system, whatever it is, isn't backwards compatible, because that is something they do do. They do backwards compatibility. Do do. They do do. Yeah, they sometimes do it. They do Most it with their cartridge-based things, which the Switch is cartridge-based. So they, they do it with this base, keep, too. They keep the new thing cartridge-based. But yeah, but they didn't make it backward compatible from Switch to Wii U. So, I mean, no. when, they switch, when they switch mediums, so if they don't switch the medium, then they it would make sense. And in reality, like, there's no reason for them to ever upgrade the Switch like to a brand-new medium. They literally create the new hardware attack and have it be 100% backward compatible with current Switch stuff and support the new stuff. But yeah. as long as they don't call it the Switch U, we'll be, we'll be okay. They or the, the new Switch. Switch. U, they're going to confuse the shit out of people because there's already a bunch of different Switches. And if they call it anything in the Switch family, it's going to confuse people, especially if it's exclusive. And no new Switch. That would be a terrible name, too. New no Switch, Switch XL, Switch whatever. Even it, Switch it XL... I can wow. see working, but the, the whole fact of calling a system new something, I want a new 3DS. Well, do you want a brand new th- original 3DS, or do you want a new 3DS that could be in used condition? What do you want? Well, and it's because they jacked it up with the, the previous systems, because, I mean, you could say something similar between Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Like, it's new is just new Nintendo. Like, they could, yep. they could have done that. And but they, it was also a condition. <laughs> condition like new pre-owned refurbished well i'm just saying like growing up in the nes era parents yeah. were confused they were met, confused on to why their nintendo cartridges did not work in the super nintendo oh yeah so like the naming convention was already confused back then and now you look back and you're like yeah they're obviously different consoles we didn't know the whole history but back in the day it created brand confusion just like the new 3ds but they even made that one backward compatible Yes, they did. So, so, I mean, Nintendo was not backward compatible from Super Nintendo to Super Nintendo. So, um, honestly, like, Nintendo will do what Nintendo does. I'm going to enjoy my time with the Switch, and it may be, be my last hurrah for a massive game collection. I'm not going to say that I won't support the next Nintendo console if they jump to a, a new generation, but I may not go as crazy as I am with all the indie stuff and everything else. I may approach it like i am the ps4 slash xbox one where i haven't even gotten the new systems but like i get like a couple games here or there that are like massive games and i might just continue playing my switch stuff i think i'm going to be doing limited print stuff nintendo first party and then anything else that i really want to play and the only other things, if I find like a game for a dollar or something, you know, I'll pick it up. Well, <laughs> as long as Nintendo doesn't cut off the production of Switch cartridges, like I am cool to keep, uh, you know, publishing for the Switch too. So oh, yeah, that'll, I'll be, I'll still be doing that. Um, and well, they're all for obviously. the next system. We'll publish for the next system. Holy. Obviously. That our own titles is obvious, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, own. but I'm saying though they may not allow us to, or they may cut it off, or because they, I mean, they just recently cut off um, Wii U. Yeah, it's it's gone, it's gone now. But Wii U makes sense. Where if the new Switch, whatever it's called, uh, is backwards compatible, it would make sense to keep original Switch going. Well, and I wouldn't want to put a indie title. Um, like we're doing like modern retro stuff on a full HD 4K <laughs> like cartridge, giant cartridge one. We could easily release it for the Switch um, yeah, and a much smaller form factor. 
As long as it plays well. As long as it plays well. Um, so should we tell people where they find us? Absolutely. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You can find me also on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. As always, you can find me on the Premium Edition Games Discord, where we love to talk video games, as well as the Premium Edition Games support email. So if you have any problems, send us an email. Jeff? Ooh. Um, so you can find me on Facebook and the Twitter at Hagen's Alley and at Hagen's Alley Books on Instagram. Um, don't really have any current new projects I'm working. I'm just working on finishing up uh, Robot Name Fights Premium Guide as well as Switch Collector Volume 2 and getting both of those you know, books ordered and printed. Um, and then, of course, we're going to be going to uh, the next convention, which will be Southern Fried Gaming Expo at the end of this month out in Atlanta, GA. So hopefully we'll see some uh, some cool premium uh, support out there. That's awesome. Yes, please go and visit and see Jeff and take a picture and selfie and do that the premium challenge of finding a finding Jeff or any of us and doing a premium selfie. Oh, and I will have some some exclusive stuff with me. That oh, always do. Always do. But still, that's that's incentive enough. You know, yeah. get there at the well, doors open. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Oh, oh, oh.